Hey guys, it's Maya and I just wanted to jump on here and promote my takes Instagram really quick because we're doing a lot of fun things. I'm doing more posts, more stories, and I also have to say I've started a new series called The Bottom Shelf and it's video reviews, IGTV video reviews, and I think they're super fun and they're all on the Instagram. So go follow my take on social media and specifically on Instagram at underscore my take. Okay, y'all, finally, 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 after four years, we are back with Alex Stern. I have been so excited for this release, and I've been so excited for so long because it has been a long time coming. I remember when the announcement came out about Hellbent, and it was it was this time last semester, so I knew we were going to have to wait pretty much an entire year. For it to come out but I am so happy that it is out that year is up we are back at Yale and with Leith and Dawes and Turner and like I was just so happy to be jumping back into this world I didn't realize how much I missed Alex and Ninth House in that entire world and so I'm so excited the sequel is finally out if you have not read Ninth House I don't know what you're doing here but if you haven't listened to the Ninth House episode, go listen to that and then come back. It was weird because it's been so long, I actually had to go back and look at my episode notes about Ninth House to give myself a recap before I read the book. So I'm so excited to be back and talking about this book. Books, TV, music, and movies. All things that make a big impact on everyone. I'm constantly gushing about my latest read to anyone who will listen. So I figured I'd turn my rambling into something coherent that people will actually listen to. Which means no tuning out halfway through. I'm Maya Ghosh, and this is my take. So, as always with the book, we are going to start with a little bit on the writing, and I actually have a lot to say about the writing. Lee Bardugo is a really interesting author. I have never read anything else that she has written. Like, I've not read anything in the Grishaverse. I've not read Rule of Wolves. Like, I am strictly a Ninth House person. And so, I don't know if her this is, like, how she writes with everything or if this is just Ninth House specific. But I do have a lot to say about the writing of Ninth House. So, we have dual timelines, kind of, sort of. It felt like we had definitely more structured dual timelines in the first book. With this one, we just kind of, like, it's almost like that thing that tv shows do where they cut ahead to something and they're like "Ooh, this crazy thing's gonna happen and then they like backtrack but then we also saw alex in the summer but alex in the summer it was very like small little bits of it like there wasn't a whole lot going on and it didn't like proceed throughout the entire book the way that like ninth house felt like we kept going back and forth back and forth and we didn't find out what happened with Helly and the people at ground zero until like the very end so that was an interesting dynamic we also have multiple point of views but it didn't feel like a very planned thing like it wasn't like we were constantly flipping back and forth between Alex's point of view and somebody else's point of view it just was like we stuck with Alex's point of view until we needed to drop into someone else's point of view and then we did and then we very quickly switched back to Alex so it was definitely an interesting dynamic I liked it, like, especially with the descent into hell. Like, I really liked that we can see everybody's point of view. We felt everybody's emotions. Like, I mean, it was a little traumatizing, obviously, but it was really interesting. And then also, like, 
Alex is just a weirdly familiar, happy character to be back with. Like, I don't know. She just felt really comforting to jump back into this world and to be with her and be with all the magic and stuff. And like, I loved how much she grew in this book and how much she really found a place for herself at Yale and with Leith. And she let Mercy into Leith and she had this like found family with Mercy and Dawes and Turner and Trip and like, I am a sucker for a found family trope. So just like to see the growth that she had as a character across the two books, it was really, really fun. I think this book sometimes does veer into the pretentious with the whole magic system. Like I love the way Lee Bardugo constructed the magic system. It is really cool. The glamour, the fact that Alex can just th- slip through the veil because she's special, the fact that we have this whole ritual to open the portal to hell. Like it's really cool and really well designed, but then also there's a lot of like biblical stories and knowledge and literature and history that you need. So it's just like a lot sometimes and like sometimes when Lee Bardugo is explaining all of these old stories and how they connect to Leith and the magic, I get lost very quickly. I think it works because it's Yale and because like Alex is supposed to feel lost and out of place a little bit. So the fact that the reader does make sense as a device but also like it's just it's interesting and I don't really have the brain power for that like I would love to be a part of Leith but I don't think I actually could no matter how much I wanted to because I just I can't like I don't know I don't know yeah also speaking of the magic system I really like that we got a different point of view on it like with Turner's point of view I really appreciated how he was able to point out like the elitism and the racism that accompanied magic in a way that like we didn't get to see in the first book because Darlington was just so obsessed with everything magical that it didn't matter. Whereas with Turner, he's like, fuck this map. Like I'm coming back with a sledgehammer. It was used to find runaway slaves. Like fuck this, fuck this, fuck this. And like, it's nice to feel like we have a more well-rounded view of the magic system of the world instead of just feeling like, oh, yeah, magic is all good or all bad or, like, not necessarily all good or all bad, but, like, in Ninth House, we saw magic being used for good with Leith and we saw magic being used for bad with, like, Mercy and that girl who got killed and stuff. And so I feel like in this, we get to see more of the shades of gray in the magic system. So yeah, the writing was really good, If at times a lot. It did make me think like, hey, if I like this magic system, maybe I should finally dip my toes into the Grishaverse, but we're holding off on that for now. I don't, I don't really know when I'm going to read Six of Crows and Shondo and Bone, but I will eventually, I think. Also, I do have to point out that the magic system, when described on its own, sounds wild because I was talking to one of my friends who is not a reader about how I was getting really into this book because they were descending into hell and things were going crazy and she was like what and so I was trying to explain this entire magic system to her and she was like just laughing her head off because she was like this sounds so completely ridiculous like out of context and so I just had to throw that in there because I was a great memory I had of talking to her And it does kind of contribute to the writing a little bit. But now that we have covered everything I want to cover on the writing, we are going to jump into the plot. So 
As I've said, I was very happy to be back with Alex. She was such a fun character to be back with. I was a little concerned for her very early on because like immediately one of the first things she does working for Eaton involves a ghost pushing their way to the front of her consciousness. So I was a little concerned for her and how her powers were going to work this book and how like things were going to shake out. I was like, I don't really want Alex getting in a lot of trouble and struggling a lot, even though like we knew she was going to struggle a lot, but like that was just worrisome. And then the whole goal of this book is to get Darlington out from hell because we believe that Darlington's soul kind of survived hell, so he's like down in hell. And so their first attempt at doing this is by going to Scroll and Key and using their portal because Scroll and Key have a portal. I don't think it's directly to hell. I think it's just like a portal. So they were trying to use it to go to hell. They being Dawes and Alex. I love Dawes and I love how much Dawes like pushed herself out of her comfort zone and was willing to do things and like she was just a legend and I loved her. But Dawes like they do the whole portal thing and they hear Darlington calling out for them. I think he says something like wait or like he's definitely calling out for them to like stay but the portal slams shut before we can get to him because obviously it can't be that easy. Our first attempt cannot be successful at getting Darlington back. I didn't know how entirely difficult it was going to be to get him, but obviously the first attempt isn't going to work. So we do that. Then we return to Black Elm to realize that Darlington has returned, but he's returned as this like horned demon kind of thing and he's like in this circle so we think he can't leave the circle because anytime somebody tries to go in the circle they get like severely burned and stuff and so it's it's a weird vibe because like Darlington's soul is definitely there but Darlington's soul is mixed in with the demon that he's been taken over by so like he's trying to help them figure things out but also the demons like talking to them in riddles and stuff. So it's really weird and we don't know how much we can trust Darlington. And also he's naked the entire time, which is not, I mean, I'm sure Alex really appreciated that, but it made for some interesting descriptions. So anyways, over the summer, Alex is also dealing with the fact that Eaton, whose cousin was one of the ones she killed via heli, realizes that Alex can use the greys. So he's been making her do her bidding. And so that's the whole other dynamic that's playing on. There's like three major plot lines happening at the same time. There's Alex and her dealings with Eaton. There's getting Darlington back. And then there's these murders that start taking place. It was just, it was really interesting. And it was really cool to see how they like wove together into one thing that worked together. But like as the book was going on, I was like, this is so confusing. Like, there's this and there's that and I don't know what's going on and it's like crazy, but it worked really well. And so we find out eventually that the portal to hell is in the library. And I don't know why, but this made me like happy. Like I was like, hell yes, the portal to hell is in the library. Like why else, where else would it be? Like, this is so cool. I don't know why, right? I should not want the portal to hell to be in the library. But I was very excited and happy when the portal to hell was in the library. So we figured that out. And then Alex finally, finally, finally learns to open up and confide in somebody. She confides in Mercy and Mercy sort of kind of joins Leith because of this. Because like obviously Mercy had everything that happened with her 
at the frat last year and stuff and she was like harmed by magic so she felt like she wanted to join in so that she could like reclaim some of her power or like use magic for good and like it was just kind of like a healing thing for her and so I was just so happy that one of Alex's friends who was like sort of kind of part of her support system last year was now like fully involved and knew everything that was going on was like really gonna like be there for her I was just really happy that Alex like had somebody and so it's nice that she has somebody because then when she gets sent to the house of a literal vampire it goes terribly horribly wrong obviously because he's a vampire and Turner has to come get her and I love Turner and I love the dynamic they developed. I love how we got to see him like weigh things out and see his moral compass and like I loved seeing his past and when we were going into the descent to hell like figuring out what he did and stuff and like I love him as a character and I love that he was there for Alex but then there was one part later on when Turner talks about how he had to go pick Alex up from this vampire encounter and that like he's had to pick Alex up from other things but he's never seen her as like shaken and broken as this and so just like to have that perspective was really sad because of course I just want everyone to be happy and everything to be okay in the world it's really a tall order to ask for that in a world with magic and monsters and the fact that we're literally trying to go into hell but you know, some nice, fun family moments, some, like, chill moments, maybe not too much to ask for, I guess. Anyways, speaking of hell, the ritual into hell is, like, really, really complicated and dramatic, and, like, I just, again, was amazed by Lee Bardugo's mind and also amazed by Alex and Dawes because I would never be able to put all of those steps together. Like, The fact that they had to do this, like, riddle puzzle thing in the library and then they figured out that they have to, like, walk this pathway and they have to mark all their things with their blood and, like, it's just very complicated and the descent is really, really, really intense and, like, honestly, probably one of my favorite sections of the book because we got to jump into everybody's mind and because we got to learn a little bit more about Dawes and Tripp and Turner and, like, especially Turner where I feel like we don't know a lot about him except for his like present now like seeing that past was really interesting it's also weird because in hell alex has the power of hellfire so clearly the signs are there that she's not like normal which tracks because she's the main character in a fantasy ya book but i don't even know if it's ya is it ya i think technically it's described as ya even though she's in college Because it's not graphic enough to be adult. Anyways, it tracks that Alex is like, oh my god, she's special. And even though Darlington is right there, we like have him and then we lose him because there's all of these like demons attacking them. And so we went through the trial and the tribulation and the exhaustion of going to hell. Like they literally have hell hangovers and they have to like eat food that was made from scratch to help them feel better and stuff and it's like they can't get warm it's a whole thing again Lee Bardugo really does think of a lot of things I don't know how she does it because yeah I don't know but we have a hell hangover and we think okay we failed getting Darlington we're gonna have to try again but 
it's never that simple because demons have come back for all of them and they're all like taking the form of the person they killed. So Alex's demon looks like Heli, Turner's demon looks like his old boss, Tripp's demon looks like his cousin, and Dawes's demon looks like the guy from the last book, which I really should know his name, but I don't. So not only are we recovering from hell, we're plotting how to get back into hell and we're warding off demons. And one of the ways that they try to ward off their demons is by doing the whole salt guardian ritual, which that was really cool and probably one of my favorite pieces of magic in the entire book, just to see like they do this ritual and then whatever they pull out like kind of matches their personality and it like sinks into them. And then like if they're in danger, these like salt monsters will like jump out from their body. Like it was really cool. And I enjoyed that. But then we find out Basically, the end of the book starts very early, I feel like, and it's very chaotic, but Anselm, who has been our, like, overseer of Leith, like, there's a name for it, but I can't remember what the name is. He is actually a demon. I knew something was off about him. I felt so justified when he was involved in this, because I was like, this guy is super fucking shady. Like, I didn't know he was going to turn out to be a demon, but I was like, you are shady, sir. So he's a demon, and he has been using the, like, horned demon Darlington that's stuck in Black Elm to create a riddle and, like, kill the professors that have been killed. And the reason he's been killing professors is because he wants to create a puzzle for them to solve. And that's, like, what people in secret societies do is they, like, have puzzles around so that if demons do find them the demons get distracted by the puzzles and like get stuck in the puzzles trying to figure it out because demons love like riddles and puzzles so he's been using that same tactic by like going on this it's not a murdering spree because he only murders two people he planned to murder a third but like doing that and creating this really like interesting intricate like story that links back to like the story of the judges which is like the founders of wherever they are in connecticut and that has been kept keeping Alex and Leith occupied so they haven't been able to invest all of their resources into Darlington. And then we have this like all out epic like last battle type vibe thing and we find out that Alex as a wheel walker has apparently never needed a portal to go to hell. She could just go. So she does and she finally takes Darlington. So Tar- Darlington is back he's very very lusty like we get to see in his head after hell and like every other thought is about the things he wants to do to Alex and I was just a little uncomfortable because for this entire book we've known him as a demon so that was interesting and then we find out that the portal to hell was really built to lure people like Alex wheel walkers to Yale for like the demons in hell to do some sort of something but the professor that Alex killed in the last book kept eating the wheel walkers because she was surviving off of human souls. So there hadn't been one in a really long time, but now Alex is here. So we're going to hell again because we have to like bring our demons back to hell because Turner's like, yeah, we're not leaving them on the surface. They're going to hunt and kill people like we need to bring the demons back to hell. So third time is a charm. And this time, we managed to trick Eaton into coming close enough because, like, the reason everybody was so mad about them taking Darlington was the fact that, like, they were just stealing, technically. Like, they weren't taking him and, like, offering up someone else. 
to like restore the balances of hell or something so if you trick Eaton into coming close enough to the ritual that we can drag him into hell and sacrifice him and then Michelle who is Darlington's Virgil who's been like a secondary like periphery character this entire time she apparently was the vampire's familiar this entire time and we find that out because her body is returned to us in the precious precious Mercedes and then Trip gets consumed by his demon I was really sad about this because Trip was so lovable and he got such a good arc this book and I do appreciate that he's just like this gamer bro that sits in his apartment and like plays video games and drinks beer and doesn't do anything else so like we're gonna let Trip live but he did get consumed by his demon and also this plus the fact that Darlington's demon used some of Alex's blood to prop open the door to hell so there are still demons attacking makes me think that maybe we are opening up the possibility to a third book because like the door to hell is still open because Trip is consumed by his demon we could potentially like go back into this world and like make another book but also it took Lee Bardugo four years to get to the second book so I don't really know but to wrap up this episode I really love this one it was crazy and chaotic and I really never knew what was going to happen I am so glad that even though it took four years we are finally back and I don't know how I feel about a third book because like there's story there but also this book wasn't a sad enough ending to be the second book in a trilogy because the second book in a trilogy is always like gut-wrenchingly sad at the ending so I don't really know I'm interested to see what happens there is no word on anything yet so I love the story I will always come back to more Alex Stern because I love her as a character and I just want her to be happy maybe now I'll read more by Lee Bardugo but I don't know we'll see anyways I've been Maya Ghosh, and this has been my take on Hellbent by Lee Bardugo. Thanks for listening. So we're kind of a one-woman show here at My Take, so the credits are not going to be very long. This podcast is produced and edited um, by me. I do all of my own social media. The only person I really have to thank is one of my great friends, Paris, who did the music that is in the intro and that you're listening to now. So thank you, Paris, and thank you all for listening. You can reach me at underscore my take on Twitter and Instagram. Please leave a rate or review wherever you listen to this podcast. That helps a ton. So yeah, thanks for listening.